And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 323. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And this week, we are shifting gears once again. Yeah, um, after covering Thor number 400 over the last couple of weeks, we are going to move forward in time once again to an era that we have not touched for just over a year. Yeah. Uh, last week, a year ago, we covered Mighty Thor number five, and this week we are going to be covering Mighty Thor number six. So yeah, it's been a very long time. Back to the grind, and we're going to be doing a few issues here of, of the uh, Girl Thor series for the next few weeks, and hope you all enjoy it. And we'll be starting right after this music. Cross the rainbow bridge of where the Yes, indeed you do. And this week we are looking at Mighty Thor number six. And uh, yeah, so the cover art is by Russell Dowderman. Uh, shows Thor, and it's not girl Thor, Jane Foster. It is actually the real Thor. And he is in his uh, young Viking Thor phase. So we're, we're doing a, a flashback to the past. And it's uh, Thor, and he's holding his, his axe. What is it? Gjallbjorn, I think it's called. Uh, something like that. And uh, he's, he's holding his axe. And in the background, there's this dude who's he's wearing rather um, anachronistic clothing. He's got this sort of weird skull-like helmet thing. It looks like it would be beyond the technology of somebody back in the old days without having uh, fiberglass or something. And he's as a, a snaky tattoo, kind of Japanese, Chinese-looking tattoo. Uh, and he's wearing black nail polish, where he got black nail polish Back in the uh, 8th century or whenever this was, I have no idea. And he's also giving us a crotch shot, so there you go. But uh, some of it's being covered up by Thor's cape, so at least we don't get any uh, juicy uh, details there. Anyhow, opening up to the splash page, we have the credits. Jason Aaron wrote this. Russell Dowderman did the uh, framing sequence art. Matthew Wilson did the color for the framing sequence. The Viking era part of the story was drawn by Rafa Gares. Is that Rafa Gares? Maybe. I don't know. Who also did the coloring. The letterer in production is done by VC's Joe Sabino. Cover artist, of course, Russell Dowderman, Matthew Wilson. Uh, the variant cover is by Joyce Chin and Laura Martin. We don't care about that. Assistant editors were Chris Robinson and Charles Beecham. The editor was Will Moss. Executive editor was Tom Brevoort. Editor-in-chief is Axel Alonso. Joe Casada is the chief creative officer. The publisher is Dan Buckley. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. Thor was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, according to this. 
And we start our story here in Alfheim, and we see some dead fairies, and they're being stepped on by Dario Agger, and he's with a couple of soldier-type people. We see uh, a bunch of oil wells pumping oil here and oil all over the ground. And so Dario Agger is kind of, um, I don't know, waxing poetic about his alliance with Malekith. My alliance with Malekith is already proven quite fruitful, he says. Roxon now mines for coal in the swamps of Svartalfheim and drills for oil here on the plains of Alfheim, with other resources and realms sure to follow. Once our Transrealm pipeline is established, we will be making billions per day off this arrangement. And yet, yet I am increasingly aware of the fact that I am in league with sorcerers and giants. The Roxon armories hold enough weapons to annihilate any army on Earth, but we're not dealing with things of the Earth anymore, are we? If Malekith should ever decide to alter our agreement... And a voice comes from behind Agar. You are outgunned. You need weapons. I need allies against my allies. And something tells me you do too. And we see that the person standing behind him is, of course, Loki. Or has your father, Laufey, suddenly decided not to murder you? Well, he hasn't tried too many times today, so there's always hope, I suppose. And, of course, uh, pube-faced Loki here. But one can never have too many friends in a time of war, I always say. What would you ask of me, friend? And we see that uh, they are indeed very messy on this planet, and there's like little spots of oil everywhere you look. Malekith has his war witches and bat riders. His army of elves has only grown since conquering Alfheim. And now I hear rumors of some new monster of his, something called Curse. I need to balance the scales. I need more monsters of my own. Ah, I see, says Loki. Well then, you've come to the right place, Dario Agar. I've made just these sorts of deals before. Allow me, if you will, to tell you a story. One that begins long ago. And we get a close-up of Loki looking very smug and very scruffy-faced. And we shift scenes and art styles rather dramatically <laughs> shift into a very different art style here. Uh, no longer the slick Russell Dowderman artwork. We'll talk about this at the end of the show. But it's a very rough and sketchy and coarse and, dare I say, even a little bit childish sort of art style here. And we are in the Age of Vikings, and we see two Viking armies. They are facing off against each other. It says Midgard, the shores of the Skagarak, 896 A.D. the Black was a fearsome young chieftain with an unquenchable thirst for combat and glory. It was said that he and his berserkers had never lost a battle. Bodolf's secret was that he said a prayer to the God of Thunder before each fight, and his prayers were always answered. And we have Vikings fighting amongst themselves, and then all of a sudden there's a lightning bolt coming down with a crack of tomb and electrocuting a bunch of these Vikings. And uh, yeah, and then we have Thor on the scene, and Thor is there. He's got his axe in his hands, and um, Thor is saying, Come, you dogs! Through Thor lies the way to Valhalla! Ha 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 ha! And he's uh, swinging his axe around and chopping up all the Vikings that are here. And we got some really wonky uh, anatomy. We'll talk about that later. Bodolf the Black found rivals both abroad and at home and felled them all. 
Olaf's fame grew quickly, as did his wealth and his greed. And we uh, shift to uh, Bodolf's Paul, and everyone's going, Hail to Bodolf! Hail to Bodolf the Unstoppable! None dare oppose us! We have uh, presumably Bodolf is sitting at the head of the table in a big chair, and he says, If none dare, then we shall dare for them. And Thor is here in this hall, partying with the rest of the Vikings, and he says, Ha! Just don't forget to say your prayers, Bodolf. I will continue to aid you. And Bodolf says here that nothing grew more quickly than his pride. Yeah, we shift scenes to a few days later in another battle. Thor is in the thick of it with his axe, as always. And the army is like, the day is ours. Another legendary victory for Bodolf the Black. And there's a a kind of gnarled old man here. He says, for Thor, you mean? What would mighty Bodolf be without his pet god by his side, huh? Nothing. That's... Uh. And he goes, uh, because he's being stabbed through the neck by Bodolf with a sword. And <laughs> the caption says, With each battle won, Bodolf began to find himself more reluctant than ever to bend his knee, even to the gods. Especially to the gods. And he, he have him looking at Thor kind of jealously and kind of fingering his bloody sword like he's planning on doing something. And Thor just looks kind of clueless. He's just kind of, yay, victory. We then get a caption. So before his next battle, Bodolf didn't pray. And so we have Bodolf and he's up against another army and he's giving orders. He says, we charge as one and cut them down like goats. And his army's like, but where is Thor? Never mind, Thor. We don't need. And then somebody's like, here he comes. And there's a big crack of croom. And Thor appears on the scene. And he looks like he's ready to fight. But uh, yeah, a little bit of a problem. And the, the Vikings are like, Thor, wait. Why is he with... And so obviously the other team prayed for Thor to come, and here he is. It says, but while Bodolf may have stopped his praying, his enemies had not. And they're getting into the fight there, and Thor recognizes Bodolf, and he says, apologies, Bodolf, but I've already drank all your meat and loved all your women, and your brooding was growing rather tiresome. This ought to liven things up a bit. And so the army's like, the thunder god switched sides. How are we going to fight the God of Thunder? Perhaps if we all prayed really hard, he might... And As he's stabbed through by a sword. It says, Bodolf the Black wasn't the first Viking to be jealous of his gods, or the first Norseman fool enough to think he could challenge one. So Bodolf is coming after Thor and uh, tries to stab him with his sword, but that doesn't work too well. And it says here that Bodolf learned the same lessons all the other fools have. And uh, we have Thor continuing to fight on. And the caption says, Men are men, and gods are gods. And this is why the one prays to the other. Bodolf's army was routed. His lands were seized. His wealth was pillaged. His wives abandoned him. Bodolf the Black, scourge of the Skagarak, was now Bodolf the Broken. Bodolf the Destitute. Bodolf knew right away where he'd gone wrong and what he had to do to set things right. Bodolf prayed, just as he had once prayed before every battle, only this time the words were different. This time 
he did not pray to Thor. And a voice comes as a boat off is sitting here praying, and it says, Rise, little Viking, rise and claim the reward for thy supplication. And it is this uh, big, uh, this big dude from the uh, the cover with his horny helmet and his black nail polish, etc., etc. And he's got a little beard that's kind of tied up in his little braids, and he's uh, saying. Where other gods have failed thee, Loki will not. All, all I have is yours, my lord. <laughs> that doesn't appear to be much, though, does it, says Loki. Luckily for you, Loki is a generous god when it comes to the granting of wishes. You prayed for power, did you not? The power to battle my brother, to lay him low, to break his bastard bones, I believe you said. Aye, I did, says Bodolf. I like you already, Bodolf the Bold, though such a mighty boon is not so easily granted, for the strength of a god does not belong in a mortal form. Many men have tried, but few could ever contain such power for long. Are you sure you're prepared for such a challenge, says Loki? If not, may dogs eat my children. May Hela feed me for all eternity to the spiders of hell. <laughs> Disappoint me, little Viking, and I assure you dogs and spiders will be the least of your worries. Now do exactly as I say. First, you're going to need a boat. And this weird version of Loki uh, is looking very uh, kind of... You know, kind of, kind of mean. And Bodolf has got his teeth gritted and he's like, okay, I'm going to go do that. And uh, he got um, a shift in the scene here. And we are on the ocean, which looks like rocks. <laughs> and then we have a Viking ship here. And the uh, caption says, Bodolf sailed alone across uncharted seas through water teeming with serpents and storms that rained fire. Past the edge of all that was known, he found an island with nothing on it but a mountain. He climbed that mountain through rain and hail and wind until he had disappeared into the clouds. And there he found a dragon that burned like the sun. And it's uh, like a crocodile dragon looking thing. And he takes his helmet off as he gets close to it. And he decides, I guess he's fighting it. It says, they battled for three days and three nights. The dragon's heart was so hot it melted his blade. So Bodolf tore its guts out with his own flaming hands. And then he said the words that Loki had told him to say. And he's, he's doing some kind of a ritual here. And his, his sword is all eaten away by the fire. And the fire is going into the cup or the, the dragon's blood, which is like lava. And he says, he drank the dragon's blood until he vomited fire. And then the real pain began. And it looks like he's caught on fire and he's, he's burning and he's like, Rargh! It says all he could remember of the next few days was his own screaming. But Loki assured him he was ready. And we have a, a shift in scenes back to another battlefield of sorts. There's a bunch of Vikings here. And it's funny how they all look the same. We'll talk about that too. And they're like, Thor, Bodolf approaches. And uh, Bodolf is, is indeed approaching them. And he says, so Bodolf sent forth a challenge, one that was eagerly answered. And the Vikings are like, ha, Bodolf, you, you seem to have forgotten your army. 
This is madness. He plans to fight us alone. He doesn't even have a sword. And uh, Thor is pretty impressed by this. He's like, now this, this is a Viking. Well done, Bodolf. What a tale you will take with you to Valhalla. What I will take are your heads, says Bodolf. And then your homes, and then your women. And no god in the heavens can save you. And the, the Vikings are like, Madness or not, I say we kill him. Aye, death to Bodolf. Death to Bodolf the Mad. And they go attacking him, but it doesn't go well for them because he's got these powers now. And he's fighting back with his bare hands and he's just lashing out with a crack. And and um, they managed to knock him down to the ground. And the, I guess they took him by surprise or something. Anyway, he says, he's already down, crawling on the ground like a snake. Stomp his head in. Stomp his eyes out. Ha! And they're trying to do that, but they notice that uh, he's actually tougher than he looks. And they say, it's like stomping at a pile of rocks. What's that sound? Does anyone else hear that? And there's a, a crrrking noise. Uh, looks like uh, Bodolf is, is breaking out of his armor, out of his clothes. And the... Um, turns into this giant rock thing. Uh, not really like the thing, more like it, the living colossus, I'd say. And he, uh, you got a full page here, a boat off, and he's just turned into rock, and he's got his tongue flailing out of his mouth, and he's just throwing Vikings every which direction. And yeah, it doesn't look like they're having too much fun. And we shift to Thor. He's, he's uh, having Vikings thrown at his feet here, and Thor says, uh, Emir's bones! What manner of magic is? And then he gets whammed by Bodolf, who is in his rock form, and uh, he just gets smacked right across the face and knocked back. And somebody's like, Thor! And Thor's gone flying into the trees. And he, he rams into a tree with a thoom. And uh, the tree apparently doesn't break, so I guess he's not a tree murderer. But anyway, uh, Bodolf is coming after him, very looking very incredible Hulk. Uh, it's like big gray and red uh, kind of metal-looking Hulk creature that he is now. And Thor's uh, saying, such power, never felt such. And then he gets a waboom as he gets stomped in the face by Bodolf and he gets knocked to the ground. And, <laughs> oh, we get a line stolen right here from the Avengers. Uh, and we get a full page here of Bodolf. He picks up uh, Thor by the hair, and he's kind of shaking him around, and he says, huh, puny god, and this is why it pays to pray to Loki, says the caption. I do so love making dreams come true. Next issue, uh, with the continuation of this, we get a, uh, a pinup here, this one by Russell Dodderman showing Bodolf in his, uh, his metal rocky form. And actually showing us a little bit more what he's supposed to look like. And actually, Dowderman makes, makes him look damn cool. Anyway, so that is the Mighty Thor number six. All right, we're going to be talking about this right after this message from one of our friends. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology video games, toys, Star Wars, 
Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with. And be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And we're back, and of course we have a few things to say about the issue. Okay, so it's a fill-in issue, very obviously. Uh, we're going to get more of it next time, of course. As far as the framing sequence, I really have nothing to say. It's, it's literally just vamping for time, uh, but the artwork is nice. I mean, you get a, a sense of what is going on in Alfheim and what Dario Agger is doing. We've got you know dead fairies and oil everywhere, and looks like uh, oil wells just sort of every 20 feet. And so Roxxon obviously making a big profit here in Alfheim. Uh, but that's not really the whole point of the story. We have uh, Loki, who is really our, our narrator here, uh, looking back at the story in the past. Um, it's a very simple story. It's actually kind of maybe even too simple. Um, we've seen stories like this before in filling issues, sort of like, you know, don't get too swept up in your own power because somebody's going to put you back in a place. You know, don't don't be ungrateful. You know, it's it's kind of an Aesop's fable of a Thor story. Um, you know, Thor is here mainly as a, as a convenience. It could be anything. It could be nothing. You really don't need Thor to be in this story. Uh, it helps that you have the Thor there with the supernatural element, but you know, it could. You could tell this exact same story without having Thor in it, and it would be fine. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the art here. So we have this uh, very simple art style and very stylized. I'm not sure what Marvel saw in this artist that made them want to to print this. I, I will say uh, it's definitely not to my taste. Uh, it's very, uh, I mean, it has a lot of, of dynamism to it, which is, I guess is a good thing. But it's so stylized that it's kind of grotesque. And we have this, this problem with the story in that all of the characters look exact, exactly the same. Um, you really can't tell Bodolf from any of his, his men. Uh, we have some differences in the two sides when they're fighting. Like we have one side of the Viking armies is all wearing these sort of face mask things and the other is wearing a different style of helmet. And that's the only difference between them. Otherwise, they're all red-haired, bearded guys in almost identical armor with almost identical weapons. It's, it's really hard to tell any characters apart in this. Thor is the only one who's really drawn any differently, and he's drawn to look more or less like Thor. The way the bodies move, I mean, there's no attention really paid to anatomy. Uh, it's, it's way more flexible than even Kirby. Uh, and again, like I said, it, it's actually kind of stylized to the point of being grotesque. I don't care for the style, I will say. I don't like the art. To me, it looks very amateurish, very childish. What I think saves the art uh, what actually maybe even saves the issue 
is the coloring on the art is pretty good. And, and we know that the artist did his own coloring uh, because that's or her own coloring because that's actually in the credits. So I will say that I, I like the coloring job for the most part. Um, the artist has a real problem drawing legs. So everybody has these huge upper bodies and like arms as big as their head. I mean, it really does kind of harken back to the worst excesses of the, of the extreme 90s. And then we have their, their tiny little shriveled legs uh, that, that couldn't really support their weight. Uh, they're so misshapen that, that it would dislocate their knees instantly. Uh, it's just not good as far as the anatomy goes. Maybe they're just going more for a, uh, you know, impressionistic kind of thing. But the impression I'm getting is not one that I like. It's just kind of, it's just, to me, it's ugly art. And I, I don't think I really care for it. There's some pages that are better than others. I, you know, I noticed that uh, uh, we have some pages that look like they were sort of the centerpiece of the story. You know, maybe the artist had samples and it's like these are the samples that he worked long and hard on uh, to, to show to Marvel you know, to try, try to get this gig and get the, story, get the story published or something. But then you have other pages that are just really bad. Um, you know, where nothing is on model, nothing looks good. And they actually, uh, some of the reproduction even is, I mean, reproduction in modern comics is generally pretty good, but I see some, there's some reproduction issues here uh, with the muddy colors. And we're sometimes not really sure how contrasty the pages should be. And some of the pages look pretty good as far as the you know, blacking of the inks and all that. And then some pages really are very washed out looking. So I'm not really sure if those sort of pastel colors were done deliberately or whether they were you know, just kind of an accident as far as the reproduction goes. It's inconsistent and that's, you know, inconsistency does bother me a little bit. So yeah, um, weird version of Loki. And, you know, I didn't realize it was Loki at first. I guess the, the black nail polish should have given it away. But uh, it is kind of Loki. It's not Loki in the same sense, though, that we know Loki. And that's why I sort of, I didn't give him Loki voice, really. Because even though it's supposed to be Loki, it does seem like a very different person. Uh, for one thing, he's got this little beard, a little braided beard, which implies he can grow better beard than the one he's growing in the framing sequence. But he's also kind of this big buff guy with tattoos and all the stuff that we, you know, our Loki doesn't have. So I know that they've talked about the God cycle in the past and how the, you know, the Ragnarok happens over and over again, blah, blah, blah. And so, I mean, this could well be an earlier version of Loki. I don't know. But I don't get the sense that Ragnarok has happened since Thor was a young god. So, again, we go back to, to Thor, God of Thunder, where we had the three Thors, young Thor, old man Thor, and real Thor. And, you know, it doesn't seem like that this should be the Loki of this era. So anyway, it doesn't really look like Loki, but it is Loki in the story. So I kind of accept it for what it is. Uh, hands are another thing this artist has trouble with. Uh, seeing a lot of uh, really, really misshapen hands. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, maybe not as bad as Rob Liefeld's paddle feet, but certainly not a functional hand uh, in the way that he draws it. But somebody at Marvel liked it, and it's kind of hard to see why. I guess we'll see if the uh, artwork in the second half of the story is any better. If it's the same artist, I'm guessing not. 
All right, so I really don't have much more to say about the issue. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up the show. Hey, thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.